1: In order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns, Blue Wire Hustle
0: proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. Tonight, very, very special guest. The one and only... Lee Steinberg, agent to the stars, uh, joins us to talk to Sean Watts and Baker Mayfield and more. Lee Steinberg, premier sports agent, entrepreneur, best-selling author and CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Holdings, is best known for his work building athletes into standalone brands. He is often credited as the real-life inspiration for the Oscar award-winning film Jerry Maguire. Lee has represented many of the most successful athletes and coaches in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, boxing, and golf, including the number one overall pick in the NFL draft for an unprecedented eight times in conjunction with 62 total first-round picks. With an unrivaled history of record-setting contracts, Lee has secured over $4 billion for his 300-plus athlete uh, pro-athlete clients, and directed more than $750 million to various charities around the world. Uh, over the course of his career, Lee has been featured on numerous national television programs, including 60 Minutes, Larry King Live, the Today Show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and many more. He has been profiled in a host of magazines, including Businessweek, Sports Illustrated, ESPN the Magazine, People, Forbes, Playboy, GQ, FHM, and he currently resides in Newport Beach, California. Uh, We're going to bring him on now. His name is Lee Steinberg. As I mentioned uh, in his uh, bio there, he was the uh, inspiration for Uh, The character Jerry Maguire in the movie Jerry Maguire, uh, and at the end of this interview, he has a terrific story to tell about that process with director Cameron Crowe, along with his terrific insight into Deshaun Watson and some comments on Baker Mayfield. So enjoy the interview. Uh, All eyes on Cleveland. I'm Brad Ward. Here's the interview with the great, iconic sports agent Lee Steinberg. We are absolutely thrilled to welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland tonight an iconic uh, sports figure, uh, Lee Steinberg, iconic sports agent, uh, agent to the stars, best-selling author, New York Times, uh, CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment Holdings. Uh, we can go on and on, as you heard the... Uh, the bio at the beginning of the show. It's fantastic to have you with us tonight, Lee. How are you?
1: I'm doing just great. Thanks fantastic.
0: for having me. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Um, so, you know, we wanted to have you on. Certainly, you're in an interesting uh, position to talk on this topic of Deshaun Watson, us here in Cleveland. Feels like we've been talking about it way too much. It's getting a little old, to be honest, but Um, So we had some changes this week, right? We had uh, Deshaun settle on 20 of his 24 uh, cases, his uh, civil cases. I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, um, how that changes things, if it changes things for the NFL.
1: Well, the NFL responded directly directly. Once the cases were settled, an announcement was made that it would not affect uh, how they dealt with him. They've done a long investigation where they talked to, I, I believe, 11 of the women. Um, they tried to do their... Everyone that the lawyer was willing, who was suing, was willing to make available. So they've talked to all those people. They've heard those facts, which now... Will be gone forever because the agreements with these 20 women have a non disclosure clause to them, meaning that whatever the facts were, the NFL heard in their interview prior to this, but from now on, it's as if those cases never happened. Um, so it's got to be a positive to know that. Those cases are not out there, they're not pending, Uh, and it simplifies the situation. But again, they had already done their interviewing based on the facts and the allegations of the women before this happened. So that's already in their books.
0: Let me ask you this, Lee. Um, In your career... You've had, I think I was over 300-plus professional athletes, right, that you've been an agent to. Have you ever had to deal with the NFL like this? Not obviously in a situation of 24 civil cases or anything like that, but in a, as far as a player of yours or a figure of yours dealing with punishment with the NFL?
1: The only one I can remember is Ricky Williams, who um, had uh, brushes with the marijuana use. And, um, um, but they had testing in that case. Here, yeah. what you have is he said, she said, which sure. no one really knows what happened except the parties that were there. And uh, to the extent that their version of it diverges and they have two completely separate versions of it, you, you actually will never know because it's not going to criminal court. And so, though, charges were never made, and uh, uh, so you now have four more cases, but uh, this is extremely difficult. Um, I'm sure that he felt that having set out last year, that he was free to then go ahead and do a contract. Uh, Each quarterback contract will always be the biggest when it comes up if you have a franchise quarterback, so someone will come after this and someone will come after that. For sure, yeah. uh, it's all a matter of timing. But um, I think that even though they have guarantees um, and it's p- completely r- reportedly guaranteed for skill and injury. So that means that if a player is not performing at the level they hope, they're still on the hook as a franchise for every later salary. And if he suffers a career-ending injury and can't play, they're still on the hook. So uh, we're seeing more of those contracts. It used to be the NFL had virtually none of them. So that's a good job uh, done done by an agent, but there's language in every standard player contract about conduct detrimental
0: to the league.
1: And it gives teams, I would guess, because I haven't seen the contract,
0: the ability to obviate the guarantee for that period he would miss. Yeah. Uh, I, unfortunately, though, Lee, I think that the Browns are just uh, I think the only way is through at this point, though. I don't see them trying to maneuver out of this thing uh, with as far as Deshaun goes. I think they're going to take their medicine, uh, regardless of what it is, and, and move forward with him as their quarterback. Um, let me ask you this. So the NFLPA came out and we're talking with Lee Steinberg, a legendary sports agent uh, here on All Eyes on Cleveland tonight. We're talking about Deshaun Watson. The NFLPA came out and it made pretty clear what their defense is going to be when they get in front of Sue Robinson if they haven't already, uh, you know, turned in their materials or made their case to Sue Robinson, uh, former district uh, uh, judge who is the a neutral arbitrator in the case for the NFL here. Um, But the NFLPA plans on defending Deshaun Watson by uh, basically using owners um, as their, you know, Jerry Jones, uh, you know, uh, all, you know, everything that's going on with uh, the commander, you know, uh, in Washington, um, everything that uh, went on with uh, Kraft, Um, and they're going to use that in the statements that state basically that those uh, owners should be held to a higher standard. What do you think of that defense for Deshaun Watson from the NFLPA? Well, I
1: would think is, first of all, I support the NFLPA, and I'm sure they're taking a principled uh, position, but um, owners are, are, should be held to a higher standard, but Owners and players are like apples and oranges. They pick sure. different categories, and they have different uh, rules and regulations. Um, obviously, many people feel that something should be done with the Washington franchise because of the extensive history there. I would think the best defense for Deshaun Watson would be that anyone can sue anybody for anything. And that doesn't mean that those allegations are true. And hearing the facts, although it's a mildly different standard, the Houston district attorney made the decision that there was not a case beyond a reasonable doubt to be made against him. And so now you're living in a world where, you know, players many times are subject to allegations. What's really difficult here is that the league lived through the Ray Rice uh, debacle and the whole country got involved. It, it jumped the third rail so that all of a sudden it wasn't a narrow group of football fans. It was everybody in America had an opinion and it did not do the NFL image very well. And they vowed they'd be a, uh, vigilant when it came to domestic violence or sexual harassment or anything that fits into that relationship between uh, males and females. So they probably feel, in addition to doing what's right, they're up against the wall of public opinion, which is not sympathetic to, to the position of a player who had all those allegations.
0: Yes, you're certainly correct there. So that leads me to this question then. What is there, what pushback is there, Lee, from the NFL just making an example here, coming down very harsh on Deshaun? What is the pushback that will that that is there any pushback at all or is this just gonna are they just gonna make an example of them and give them as harsh a penalty as they can i mean what can his agent do what can the nflpa do to make sure it's somewhat regulated and it doesn't get you know over over punitive or over punished uh i guess in their eyes
1: well they would always have appeals after the uh, uh rendering of uh of a verdict. They- There's an appeal process. Um, So the very fact that the NFLPA is in a defensive position is a pushback, and uh, they're arguing in defense of the player and to to mitigate whatever the, the damage is here. I would think it sets up a difficult situation for the Browns team because depending on what the timing is, of the verdict coming down in this case or the suspension coming down in this case, they've got the issue of who plays quarterback sure. for, um, next year. They've got Baker Mayfield under contract. I, Baker Mayfield's challenge is to find a place where he can resurrect his career. So does that mean a place like Seattle or Carolina don't seem to have uh, totally established quarterbacks? The best time if Baker Mayfield was making a move to do it would be as early in the offseason as he could because you've got to learn a new playbook, got to get together with new teammates, um, coaches. No position takes more learning than a quarterback position. So um, he could take the position that if Watson get suspended then he would be the quarterback at Cleveland, um, depending on what the Browns think and, and then do a year until the options look better. Um, there are very few places that don't have someone, uh, starting that they have some confidence in. Um, sure. but for example, Denver, uh, was able to to wipe out whatever the succession plan by signing Russell Wilson. So uh, there's no more position. There's no position more critical in uh, all the football than a franchise starting quarterback, and that's someone that you can build around for ten to twelve years. You can win because of rather than with, and most importantly, in a in a league where. Four playoff games came down to the very last play. Someone who, in adversity, thrown a couple of interceptions, the game's getting out of hand. Now, can he elevate his level of play? The crowd's booing. Can he elevate his level of play to take a team to and through victory at the very end? And there are a handful, but there's that category of what's necessary to get to the playoffs through the playoffs
0: to the Super Bowl, yeah, no question. What what would you advise Baker Mayfield to do in this situation? Right, like so, you know, there's uh, there seems to be a couple options out there. He could have he could go to the Browns, and I guess a couple people have mentioned this. You know, give a little money back to get released, uh, motivation wise. He could wait out this trade scenario where it looks like Seattle may have some actual real interest. Now it seems like maybe with Carolina too, Um, or does he end up, you know, sitting behind somebody a year? Does, you know, like, what would you advise him to do? First of all, I don't think he has the humility to hit sit behind someone personally, uh, having covered him, but, you know, I I do think that he, he needs, he's gonna, you know, he's got the 19 million guaranteed, but he needs to worry about his next payday, right. You know, next year. So, so what would you advise him to do?
1: So this is something which happens at times when a talented quarterback comes to the end of the road in a situation. And your first job as an agent here is to resurrect his career. It's to find a path where he can get back to being a starting quarterback as soon as possible. Because the whole key is to be a starting franchise quarterback. So, um, we're already uh, you know, in late June. And yeah. so um, it's, it's, I mean, training camps will start in early August. So if, if he's to be a starter this next year and it's not in Cleveland, it's got to be somewhere that um, he can adapt quickly. So I'm sure that they're all waiting to see what happens with the Sean Watson. And then rapidly after that, he either needs to have freedom to go find his own place or you can work behind the scenes to do a trade. Um, But you do that best by never mentioning the people involved because what happens is if Cleveland wants to trade him and uh, it's all around the league that he's trade bait, nobody's going to make a very good offer right sure they feel like eventually they'll just release him so the best way to do this is quietly behind the scenes
0: Mm -hmm. it does seem uh lee i would say that like um both carolina and even more so seattle maybe came out of uh, OTAs in mandatory minicamp, not so sure about their quarterback position as they did before, because now we're hearing interest, you know, peak up more than it was before. So it's almost like they wanted to take a look at like what they had and they weren't very happy with what they saw.
1: Let's remember the Baker Mayfield was the first pick overall in the draft. And he had some productive times with Cleveland. Um, Uh, Ultimately, at the end of the day, they decided Deshaun Watson was a better choice for them. But um, this is someone who's talented and uh, in the right system uh, could come back to being, you know, a premier starting quarterback. I mean, he's he's still young. And so... um, it's in his interest to find that next spot that will be a permanent spot for him where he can make a long 10 year run. And, um, uh, he can either work with the team to get traded. He could stay in Cleveland for another year, given that they wouldn't have somebody starting at his level. And, uh, and, and and maybe the choices would be better than next year what happens is the deck reshuffles every year there have been an extraordinary amount of quarterbacks taken not this last year but in those years prior and they fill the New England Patriots uh, New York jets uh, you know team after team um, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers the uh, team after team, filled their need. But yep. that, that deck will reshuffle again um, sometime during this season, depending on who does what. Another team will give up on the quarterback or, or have a dying need. And it's just a function of who would be available, as the team is looking at it, in the 2023 20, uh, draft. Um, as opposed to making a move for Baker Mayfield. Um, And Baker Mayfield's experience, he has a quicker adaptive ability than do those young quarterbacks. So there's so many factors here. Um, What Cleveland, what happens to Deshaun Watson? How long is he suspended for? What is Cleveland's backup position to play next year? Um, What's in the best interest of Baker Mayfield? A lot of moving parts here that only time will clarify. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
0: Certainly. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland with special guest Lee Steinberg, uh, iconic sports agent, visiting with us here tonight, talk a little uh, Browns quarterback position. Couple more questions on Deshaun, and I'll let you go here, Lee. Um, real quickly, um, so I asked about the pushback I guess my question on that, going, go, revisiting that one more time, what motivation does the NFL, Sue Robinson, Roger Goodell ultimately have, even through the appeals process, what motivation do they have to make both sides happy? Because they really are worried about optics, right? So what motivation do they have to even make Deshaun Watson's camp and the NFL pay, pay here? Because they seem to be mostly worried about optics, or that seems to be the, the smokescreen.
1: Well, like I said, they're uh, under a microscope. Sure, and it comes to this whole issue. Um, there's a thing called due process, and if they're too harsh, um, it impacts their relationship not just with Deshaun Watson, but with the union, the NFLPA, and with other players. So uh, it's a balance. And okay. Um, they've got to have a position they can defend for the, when the next thing comes along and remember um, part of it is just Watson didn't play last year. Yeah. So he's already been punished and, yeah. and um, this is not as if he played through last year, he had a wonderful year. Yeah. He did not play. And so um there's a concept called time served in the criminal system. Absolutely. Where, uh, and they can argue that time was served and whatever, if they feel a need to add additional punishment, fine, but they can't go overboard or it, it uh, violates due process.
0: Um, Lee, if you were his agent, would you have advised him to settle much earlier? I mean, so like, you know, there's on the record that he was about to settle to go to Miami. That was, you know, over a year plus ago. Um, you know, then he made the statements that he made, which I don't think everybody understands that he kind of had to make those statements uh, that he was going to defend his name. I mean, what's he going to say? I'm you know, you know, what else is he going to say in that press conference, right? Um,
1: well, well, here's the thing, though. Let's suppose he believes that he really is innocent that this is all sort of a, a setup in in some way that once one case came, the people came out of the woodwork and it's the same lawyer and, and maybe he was going out like in a class action to find more potential, you know, uh, sure. So he may feel it's a matter of principle that he didn't want to settle. Um, But again, The problem with that is that these cases linger. The other problem is this 24th case, um, which is it looked like being able to put this in the past is not consistent with another person coming
0: forward.
1: That moves us to to the present. So I can't really second guess um, the decisions they made based on uh, he and Rushy Hardin based on whatever the facts were. And uh, again, none of us really know. We, nobody wants women to be sexually harassed. Um, and, and no one wants to place accusers into a situation where the world just doesn't believe them and is skeptical when real things happen. But at the same time, no one actually knows what happens in those rooms except uh, uh, Watson and the women.
0: Well said, uh, Lee. Um, I have a question here about. So he comes to this settlement. He settles it was 20 of the 24. I've heard. Uh, I think it was it was today. It was just Anderson reported. Let me get this right here if we're going to cover it real quick. So she reported, um, I have it here. This is a tweet she put out today. I'm told uh, there have been recent attempts by the NFL, the NFLPA, and Deshaun Watson's advisors to negotiate a disciplined settlement. However, talks involving a potential number of games missed fell apart not being on the same page. As of now, process moves forward per league sources. So that almost sounds like the NFL versions of a plea deal, right? In the legal system. Um, is that something that they could come to now that some of these cases have been set settled, the majority of them? Is that a reality like that? You well, know, watch?. Okay.
1: They, can, they could make a deal to okay. settle the case and, and anytime the parties agree. And, okay. Um it it wipes out the in that fact scenario, it stops there being an appeal, it it puts the issue behind him, and he can um you can start the healing again. Yeah. So I I don't think the NFL hasn't singled out to Sean Watson to pick on him. I mean, no. they were faced with these things, but absolutely uh his counsel, the Players Association, all the rest of it, could figure out based on what he's willing to do and the league's willing to do, what is a a fair settlement. Like I said, one of the factors has to be, again, to come back to it, that he already sat out of you. And um, so he's already been punished. He didn't make his revenue last year. And he lost a year, which you don't, as a player, have an infinity of years. I mean, he can play a long time as quarterback, but, but he lost that. And, uh, and, and he was on a path earlier where I think he would have ended up in the hall of fame. Um, Certainly. Look, here's the thing. He's really good. As yeah. a player. He's really good. <laughs> he and that's, that's why you've got people talking about this. I mean, it went on all season about Miami where we've got to a by Loa where he was going to go and eventually um, um, what Cleveland knew about his situation, um, we don't know. Yeah. And so what they made the decision based on, we really don't know. Uh, but at the end of this, this is probably one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football. And it's also a really heavy policy issue for the NFL.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two final questions here for you, Lee. What do you think, if you could predict what the league will land on at this point, I know at the beginning, it felt like four, six, eight after a rough two weeks for the defense and a couple of you know, cases, 23 and 24, it felt more towards 12 to a season. Um, do you have a guess on what you think they'll they'll end up on as yeah. far as the suspension?
1: No, that would be really speculative. I do think he's going to get punished. Um, but I do think they also have to factor in that, that he missed a year. Um, sure. He's already been punished a year. Uh, I don't think it'll be two, four, or six games, though. I think a mm-hmm. bit longer.
0: Okay. Very good. Uh, last question. So, you know, I was I was reading about you and I, I knew this of you, but obviously you were the, uh, you know, the real life inspiration for Jerry Maguire or credited with that, right? For being the inspiration. What is that like? That is one of the most, you know, infamous movies of all time. And uh, if, I mean, just tell me about that for a minute. So
1: Cameron Crowe, the writer, director who had gone underground in a California school to uh, uh, high school to write a book called Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which I thought was really funny. And if he could follow me around to pick up atmosphere around the story about a sports agent. And so back in, all the way back in 93, he went with me to the NFL draft where I had Drew Bledsoe as the first pick. And then he flew up to the press conference with Bill Parcells. And I would introduce him to people. I would tell him stories. Then we went to the league meetings together. And he spent the week out there with me where I was marching around free agents trying to sign them. And then he went to a series of games. And uh, I told him stories, lots and lots of stories. So he had the vet, uh, my job as technical advisor was to bet the script, so the willing suspension of disbelief that holds you in a motion picture didn't get fractured, where you didn't think the dialogue was phony or the look was phony. And then he assigned me some actors, I took Cuba Gooding Jr. with me down to the uh, Super Bowl in Arizona, and I made him pretend he was a wide receiver client of mine for the week, so... He had uh, he hung out with Amani Toomer and Desmond Howard, and uh, I actually had to show the quarterback in the film played by uh, Jerry O'Connell how to throw a spiral because he had gone to NYU and they didn't have a football program there. <laughs> so it's now been twenty-five years, and I uh, have. Uh, Rarely gone to an airport or been out to dinner very long where someone doesn't run up to the table and ask me to say four words or say four words to me, which start with show me the.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, so you told them all the stories was. Did you have a situation like that where you had, I mean, did was that story based off a story you told him, like kind of the, the movie with the relationship with QB Gooding Jr. and the agent in the movie where, you know, you got to dance, you know, you got to be that guy to be, you know, be the high profile. Is that like something that, that you really, maybe not those words exactly, but is that a real life situation?
1: Well, I, uh, I'll leave it to Cameron as to what his inspiration was and what stories were what. I agreed with him. I would sit, wouldn't uh, talk about that. But I will say that I had a 23-year relationship with Warren Moon, um, six in Canada and 17 in the NFL. And and Cameron saw me hanging out with uh, players, and he saw up. Uh, that unlike the stereotype, there's a lot of caring and a lot of love that goes into those relationships, and and you grow very close. So I think he observed all that.
0: That's outstanding, Lee Steinberg, uh, premier sports agent, the inspiration for Jerry Maguire, best-selling author, of the New York Times, and on and on and on. Spent as uh, you know, secured over four billion dollars for over three hundred plus pro athlete clients. Uh, Your bio is quite impressive, sir, as I read off at the top of the show. But thank you for your time, Lee. You were fantastic. I can't thank you enough. We appreciate it. All eyes on Cleveland. And uh, uh, I wish you nothing but the best, sir. You were fantastic. Thank you.
1: My privilege. Go Browns.
0: I hope you enjoyed the interview with the fantastic Lee Steinberg. I do have to apologize for some of the audio quality. Uh, in there. Um, I took a couple days here, ran it past a few different sound editors, and nobody was ever able to get rid of that crackling. So I apologize to the listeners, but I still hope you enjoyed it. Some terrific stories about Jerry Maguire there at the end, and some great insight. He did, however, uh, several times mention the idea that Deshaun Watson um, would seal uh see some reprieve because of the year that he sat out last year uh, and he also mentioned that he didn't earn revenue last year but he did earn revenue last year and i don't think that that will have any i think it's pretty clear um or at least it seems that that will not weigh in his punishment At all, the fact that he sat out last year. Uh, It's not a situation where um, they will look at it like time served, in my opinion. And I haven't heard anybody really else say that. So interesting there from Lee, but I don't think that'll be a factor. I just wanted to bring that up. Now, we do have some updates. Uh, We do have the NFL uh, reports coming out from multiple sources saying that the NFL is going to push for. Um, a season-long, if not uh, an indefinite uh, suspension. The hearing is on Tuesday in front of former District Judge Sue Robinson, who has been appointed as the uh, neutral arbitrator in this case. Uh, The understanding here is that both sides, the NFL and the NFLPA, will make their recommendation, uh, their case in front of her. Uh, She will then rule, and then ultimately Roger Goodell Uh, will be able to uh, appeal that ruling to himself, basically, Uh, if he wants to change it, um, he can. And, of course, the NFLPA can rule, and then if it gets really nasty, you know, Rusty Harden uh, will probably sue, uh, which would really jam things up for the NFL. So there is some pushback and some some reason for the NFL to want to come to common ground here. I did also want to just point out, you know, and I tweeted this today that I think some people lose perspective here that the Browns are going to get killed if he gets suspended for a season, and they're going to get absolutely slaughtered in the press. But I did want to point out that long term, and we talked about this the other night with Jake, you know, long term, he's going to be the quarterback probably for the next 10 to 15 years for the Browns, and he's going to win a lot of football games and throw a lot of touchdown passes, and that's ultimately why they made this decision. The downside, the parts that they can take a beating for is because you're wasting a year of Miles Garrett's prime, Nick Chubb's prime, uh, Denzel Ward's prime, guys that you signed to long-term deals, and I get that, but you're not going anywhere in this league without an elite quarterback, and they do have an elite quarterback. I understand all of you that feel that um, this was not the way to get that elite quarterback, and I understand where you're coming from, but... In the decision-making mind of an Andrew Barry, um, Paula De Podesta, they got a potential top-five quarterback for the next 10 years. So even if he's suspended this year, and there are some real salary cap implications that actually become very beneficial to the Browns in 23 if he were to be suspended for a year and that salary... Uh, or contract your tolls would not count against uh, the Browns. Um, so he would have five years starting next year. You know, they could really go for it next year. It would free up a ton of cap space, roll over potentially after Baker Mayfield has moved like somewhere near $70 million. And right now it's at like $10. So, um, and that was a, from an article that our uh, very own at the Browns Wire, Jared Mueller wrote. So, interesting salary cap implications there. Imagine the creative things they could do with all that money. Uh, I did just want to touch base with you after that interview. Once again, I apologize a little bit for the audio quality there. I hope it came out okay. Uh, I had a couple different people uh, in the profession work on it, and for whatever reason, it was really hard to get that crackle out. But I still hope you enjoyed it. Great Jerry Maguire stories, great insight from Lee Steinberg um, and... Uh, I hope you uh, all had a fantastic weekend. So Tuesday is the day uh, I still believe, and I'll say this again, that his best outcome would come if he could come to an agreement with them, uh, with the NFL. Um, If he could come to an agreement on a number of games or, you know, 12 games or whatever, I think that it's going to be a harsher penalty coming down if he goes in front of, uh, Sue on Sue Robinson on Tuesday, Sue, like I know her, right? Uh, (laughs) but, uh, if he could come to an agreement, um, I think that would be his best bet. Probably his, you know, his lowest damage punishment wise would come from an agreement uh, between both sides. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe they think that with through the appeals process they can get this thing down to 8 games or 12 games or something like that. But I think that's best case scenario, like 12. I think uh, indefinite suspension is certainly on the table. Um, but, you know, I hope not. I really hope not. But um, to keep things in perspective, you know, after this year... And they'll still be competitive this year because they got a dang good defense, and and I, I think they can scheme some stuff up. And Jacoby Brissett is, you know, not... I mean, they went almost 500 last year with a poor Baker May... I mean, Brissett could at least play to that level, right? So um, with the talent on this team, they still can find ways to win games. So I'm not giving up on this season altogether if there's no Deshaun Watson. But I will say... Um, that you have to keep things in protect next 10 years or Deshaun Watson is going to win I mean that will potentially take the Browns to levels They've never been before and heights that we've never seen before so that's why they made this decision Long-term not the short term. They're gonna get killed in the short term and they knew that going in and There's some understanding there. So they're gonna take their lumps here um, and uh, hopefully come out on the other side a very very good football team with a very very good quarterback um so that's it tonight all eyes on cleveland hope you enjoyed it big week coming up we'll get some uh decisions hopefully here by the end of the week uh maybe in the friday news dump i'm thinking as uh the nfl is known to drop their bad news uh friday afternoon this weekend it was saturday uh news dump, but they like to drop their bad news uh, late Friday in the summer, so um, I would expect maybe a decision by Friday, but we'll, we'll find out. Um, pay attention. We'll have shows coming up this week to talk all this stuff through with you for the great Lee Steinberg from Mikey on the Ones and Twos. My name is Brad Ward. This has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland, and we are out.